Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. You're in for a one-hour service with the mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Our vision is to be a church that, in the Fond du Lac area that reaches people who aren't normally into church or not connected to a church. And we do that by being positive, relevant, and real. So although our style it might be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other churches in the area, we want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here. And we want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. This week, we're wrapping up a series that we're calling Win at Home. There's many times just this hesitancy that a Christian or a follower of God simply means you're always losing, which there definitely are sacrifices and servant-like attributes one must embrace. But if we take a look at some of the topics addressed in the Bible, we can see that God has actually given us direction that is meant to help his followers win or succeed in certain areas of life. Or more specifically, win at what's home to you and your life. No, I'm not saying just believe in God and you're going to be like super rich, you're going to have everything you want or the perfect life, or you'll never have anything bad happen to you. I'm not saying any of those things. But God has given us some strategy in the Bible to help us win today. Which, I don't know about you, I love the sound of that. I love hearing that because I'm all for winning. Winning's fun, it's positive, it's enjoyable. The area of life that we're talking about today is how we can win when we put others first and help them win. I know, I know. Personally, winning at the same time as someone else winning, it sounds contrary, right? Like, it kind of sounds like the saying, like, you want your cake and eat it too, right? Or wanting to swim but stay dry at the same time. You want to eat junk food all day long, but you also want to have six-pack abs. It sounds contrary, right? But you experiencing winning while also caring for others and helping others win is possible. It's possible. And caring for others is absolutely what Jesus was all about and encouraged us to embrace. So much so that he says when you care for others, you are caring for him. Check out what Jesus says in Matthew 25, 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. It's saying when you care for others... You are serving and loving God. You are being obedient to His desires to care for others. And honestly, that should be enough. That should be enough motivation for us to want to do it, to put others first, to devote our life to help and care and guide others to experience victory because God wants it from us. So just do it. Just do it. You should start doing that. The sermon could be over in record time right now. Just do it. Start caring for others first before yourself. Just do it. Maybe you need a little more extra motivation. Just, just do it. Do it. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just serve others. Put others first. Just do it. Help others win and you'll be caring for God, which is honestly a giant win. Each week of the series, I feel like we found the way to be obedient and win in life the way God wants with like each topic we've addressed in less than five minutes. I could be like this master preacher that can do a sermon in five minutes. You're welcome. If only it was that easy, right? If only it was that easy for us to just do it. I don't know about you, but even though I know I should just do it, I don't always have the motivation to want to just do it or to have others win the same way that I do. 
I don't really want to care for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. Nor do I want to care for my coworkers sometimes, my close friends, my family, or even my actual siblings at times. Honestly, I kind of like the advantage. I do. I kind of like the advantage. Sometimes I like to stand out. I know it's not right, and I wish I was more obedient to God in this way all the time. Maybe, maybe you don't like hearing that from a pastor, but I'm just trying to be real and honest with you. But I want you to think for yourself. Do you struggle with that? Does anybody else struggle with putting themselves first? Does anybody have some of those similar feelings and struggles with fulfilling Jesus' desire for us to help others win by caring for them? Does anyone have any siblings here? Brothers, sisters? Okay, okay. Do you want them to win in life? I, I like to chuckle a little bit. Like, if yes, was that always the case? Right? Not so much. I mean, if we're real about where we've been at with our siblings, and if like TV shows like have, speak any truth about anything, there is always a little bit of rivalry between brothers and sisters, right? There always is. I want to see if you can like list these shows. Uh, so there's a sibling group, and then you see if you can tell me the show that it's from. How about this one? Friends. Okay. Brush Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Oh, going to the 90s. Even Stevens, yeah, all right. Oh, another one. Lizzie McGuire, okay, okay. This is us. Full House. You all watch a lot of shows, yeah. You guys know things, Parenthood. I'm guilty too. How about this one? Malcolm in the Middle, Home Improvement, right? If you've never seen any of these shows before, what I can tell you is there is always a rivalry that stirs between the siblings. It was the same for me growing up with my sister. I have a, a sister who's younger than me, who I was and I still am really close with to this day. But we had some epic throwdowns. We really did. We threw down. Like, when it came to her having the basement with her friends or me having the basement with my friends, beat it. You're out, right? Uh, when it came to like being mom and dad's favorite, that one. I'm just going to win. I'm going to pursue it and shove her to the side and make her look bad. I also was all about making sure I looked the smartest, the best, the most athletic, the greatest, the most successful. Sure, my sister and I, we were close, but I didn't let her get in the way of my desire for personal victory. I was for her to succeed and win in life, but not at an equal playing field as I was for myself. Needless to say, Pride and selfishness were and still are kind of real things that are part of my demeanor. We're much older now, we're adults, and I absolutely do want the best for my sister. We're friends and it's great still today, but if I'm being fully transparent with you for a second, there's still like a little smidgen of desire to be better than her, to care a little more about me and the success that I am experiencing than hers. Can you relate? If you can, unfortunately for us, this is not the way of God. And it's something we actively need to address, especially if we want to win at what's home to us. All series long, we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' super long sermon in Matthew, and it covers a ton of seemingly random stuff. But his main goal of this sermon was to give us principles for us to live by so that we can then apply the teaching of God to our own cultural context thousands of years later, which now allows us to do that, to apply it to our lives and learn from it. So as we look at a sermon, 
Right from the start, Jesus tells us he wants us to be humble. In the beginning of the sermon, he says this in verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Being set on winning yourself before anyone else and not helping others win is not humble. You are actually literally losing at doing what God wants from you. Humble, how it's defined is this, having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. Are you humble? Are you humble? Later on in Scripture, there's a verse that even goes as far as saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. God wants us to care for others' interests above our own. But again, we just don't at times. Even though we're simply trying to be obedient to this biblical instruction from God to just do it, we just struggle with it. And don't do it. Yet, yet what if there were some little wins? What if there are some little wins that we can experience to get us closer to being more fully obedient to God, of putting others first? If we look at the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus did thousands of years ago, he explains actually a few ways that we can change our perspective and experience wins that I think can help us get the ball rolling and mature in our faith of being more fully obedient at putting others first and in helping others win. I don't know about you, but... I think I need that, and I, I love hearing that, like that maybe there's some things that I can do to just get it going, because I, I, I'm selfish sometimes. I want to experience some, maybe some little wins, and maybe seeing how my humility can actually be beneficial, but then hopefully get me to just do it and be obedient to God. Don't you want those things? Wouldn't that be nice to know some of those? So how does Jesus tell us we can? How does he tell us we can win in being humble and putting others first, before ourselves, or in helping others win. And the first thing he's clear about in this sermon is, know you will be rewarded later. Matthew 6, it says this, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Jesus tells us we will be rewarded for our deeds later. That reward, it could be now. It could be right now. It could be at a later time. It also could be in heaven at the end of our life. But one thing it's clear about is it's not guaranteed instant gratification. It's not transactional, which is very similar to, I think, like a lot of how we've been brought up, or at least a lot of us, I'm sure. God, I did these things, so now give me this. That's not how God works. Many of us, we've, we've grown up in the circumstance where it's like you do hard work and you get paid. You put time in, you get results. You extend the effort, you see the outcome. We tend to be all about instant gratification, and we want that to carry over when we do things that are honorable to God, especially when we do it for someone else, right? Versus ourselves, because, because we don't really get to feel what, what actually happened or what we did. We don't get to feel the effects because it was for someone else. Yet God says he will reward you. 
Actually, Jesus specifically says this in his sermon. He says in Matthew 7, 11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? I have two little girls at home, and I love buying gifts for them. I really do. I love buying gifts for them. I'm learning a lot about things that they're into. Dolls. I'm researching a lot about dolls. I'm learning a lot about drum sets. My, my daughter wants a drum set. She's two, I know, but she wants a drum set. She really does, and I want to give it to her. I'm learning a lot about teethers. One of my daughters is like teething like nonstop. So I'm learning what's the best one. I'm a cheap person, but I want to give them a good gift. So I'm researching how I can get it or figure out like which one's the best one for them. But I'm selfish, you heard. But if God who is a perfect and loving father, i got to imagine that he can give worthwhile gifts too. You just have to wait sometimes. Don't get sucked into pursuing instant gratification, which, which tends to be the personal or selfish ones that tend to be a bit more tangible, right? Versus the ones that are for others. Have you ever heard of the marshmallow test? Has anyone ever heard of the marshmallow test or the marshmallow experiment? Okay, great. Uh, so what, what it is, is it's this test where people did to see if kids can wait for a second marshmallow while the first one is in front of them. If they eat it while waiting, they don't get a second one. And they, they're very clear about that. So I'm going to show you a little clip of the results of it, and then we'll talk about it. Check it out. I'm going to go do something, and then I'll come back. It's so yummy. There are some kids who just can't wait. There are some adults who just can't wait. There are some of us who think the wins that we personally can achieve on our own is better than what the God of the universe could give us. So we fixate only on what we can do. For example, the extra full feeling my belly gets in the moment instead of maybe giving that person the second half of my sandwich that is hungry. Coming across as cool at school by ignoring that person at school who has that thing stuck to them and everyone's laughing at it, instead of me actually helping them out. Maybe it's the excitement for that extra unplanned trip, instead of maybe giving away the money or the income that you weren't expecting anyways to someone that God placed on your heart. Maybe it's the lack of having that conversation with a person about faith because you just know it's going to be awkward instead of sharing the good news of who Jesus is to them. Maybe it's holding on to the freedom and the flexibility of your schedule instead of actually committing yourself somewhere where you can really make a real difference and people are counting on you. God wants you to be obedient to him and care for others because he's God, but he also wants to reward you greater than what you can experience now. If we go back to the marshmallow test, I have a feeling God's more like this guy in the scene, kind of a magician in a sense. It's from a Netflix show. Check it out. Are we allowed to touch him? I do not know. 
You like marshmallows? I love marshmallows too. That's why it's hard to wait. I also like s'mores. I love And Rice Krispies. Love it. Can I show you something really cool with your marshmallow? Give me your plate. You ready? Mm-hmm. Watch the marshmallow. God's rewards are truly greater than what we can manufacture on our own. You will win in caring for others before yourself in God's blessing. To get you to yourself to start focusing on maybe doing that or to help others win before yourself, maybe you need to remind yourself that he will reward you at some point. Maybe you need to remind yourself that God doesn't work on our timelines and you maybe just need to be patient. Maybe, maybe you need to do something completely different to get yourself to serve others, which leads to the second thing that Jesus reveals in how we can win when we put others first. And it's, it feels good. It feels good. I know it sounds weird, but hang in there with me. Jesus is quoted in Acts 20, 35. And he says, It is more blessed to give than receive. If you've been in the church world for a while, you probably have heard that before. Do you realistically believe it? I mean, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you, I don't know about you, but I got this tension where I do really wrestle with like, the, that belief because like eating a delicious dessert without sharing, having a full day to myself, that sounds amazing, God. I don't even really know if I could like, give those up. That, that, those things seem pretty great, God. But as I was researching this, giving versus receiving... Giving is actually better for you health-wise than receiving. There was a study that was done on how we can literally receive health blessings from serving. It was a study done by BMC Health along with a group of researchers from Harvard. And they found that serving others reduces early death by 22% to 44% from those that do not serve. That's crazy. People who have volunteer or who do volunteer have a 29% lower risk of high blood pressure. They spend 38% fewer nights in the hospital over someone who doesn't serve. It also revealed that volunteers benefit from reduced rates of depression and an increased sense of life satisfaction. Jesus wasn't lying when he said it's truly more blessed to give than to receive. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says... Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Receiving is a typical treasure of earth, right? It's either this temporary satisfaction, one that comes and goes, or one that can be destroyed, can deteriorate or be stolen. Well, in this teaching, Jesus is showing us helping others win Again, it brings us permanent treasure in heaven, but it also helps our physical bodies and demeanor for life to be more positive today. Have you ever heard someone say, like, it just feels really good after I get done serving, or I just feel, I feel refreshed, or I feel good? Well, research actually has studied that, and they, they call this sensation kind of as the helper's high, and it's produced when your brain releases endorphins, the feel-good chemicals of your brain. So when you do something good for someone, your brain pleasure center, it lights up, reduce, reduce, or releasing these endorphins, and it produces this high-like moment. Your body, body literally feels good in the moment when you serve, and we saw it also has lasting positive health effects. Again, 
The goal of a follower of God is for you to serve others because you're simply being obedient to God. But sometimes we just don't. So we can see that God does give us these little wins, this little motivation to put others first. So to help you take the step to full obedience for you, although a personal high isn't like the motive that's fully right, but maybe you need to just start serving to maybe test some of these claims to see is that actually real to you. Maybe you need to start seeking highs from receiving, or maybe you realize you've been seeking highs from receiving instead of giving or instead of serving. Maybe you need to stop acquiring here where things are getting old, deteriorating, stolen, and give your time and resources somewhere else. Which leads to our last point. You get effects of a change community when you serve. When you live a life that is set to support a community and help others win, and you're effective at it, others should truly win, right? Marriages should get better if you're investing in them. There should be less poverty when you're serving the poor. There should be less drunkenness when we're serving people in that need. There should be less abuse. There should be more work satisfaction, a greater place to live. When you're set on helping others win, people can truly win. So how do you know how or what to do when it comes to that? Well, Jesus was a big advocate of what is seen as the golden rule. It's actually scripture. In Matthew 7, 12, do to others what you, whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. If we all embrace that, there'd be so much more respect for each other, wouldn't there be? There just would. It's a bit unrealistic, but what if you did that to everyone? Wouldn't there be a greater chance for that person to then do it to someone else? I don't know about you, but I want to be around a community that wants me to experience more wins. And if I'm truly trying to live out this verse, the way I can get that or get close to having that is helping someone else experience wins. By me trying to be there for maybe a person in a time of need. By me, like maybe seeking a person to help give them the advantage that maybe they're looking for or seeking a resource that I can help them out in, helping them find the best job or helping them set up their marriage for success based off of what I've learned. Maybe it's encouraging positive friendships for that person that's struggling. Maybe it's helping them find success financially or as a parent or as a community member. I've had to ask myself, am I offering those things to the people in my world, in my life? Is that something you're doing? If so, how do you know? Are you valuing others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others? Imagine if you prioritize doing that for your siblings, right? Imagine if you do that for your siblings or your church brothers and sisters, your neighbors, your friends. But it doesn't stop there. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and in that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Imagine what that would do in your community if people loved and served their enemies. You starting the act of loving others and serving them, all people, what if it exponentially grew? Imagine if your brother starts doing it in response to what you did for them. Imagine if your neighbor starts doing it. Imagine if your coworker, or maybe even, maybe even your enemy, right? It's an idealistic, surreal world to kind of imagine, right? But if just 
one changes, and then one more, it could change a community. In the 2000s, there was a movie called Pay It Forward. Did anybody see it? Okay, yeah, it was called Pay It Forward. And it kind of explained this well. Like, they kind of had a philosophy on this. Check it out. Here's a little scene from it. Um, that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I do it for them. Then they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do three more. Are you paying it forward? Do you do to others as you would want done to you? Because if you do, you're not only winning and living out what God wants you to, but you also get to be in a community that has people doing that to others. And wouldn't that be positive for everybody involved? For you to actually do that, it could start by you just doing it to the people in your life. Your siblings, your brother and sister here at church, your neighbor, your coworkers, your enemies. Pay it forward by helping them win. Help them find the sweet deal you found. Maybe, maybe that's how it starts. Like, hey, I got this sweet coupon. Like, maybe you want to try it. Maybe that's the start. That's the start for you. Maybe it's sharing with them the stuff that you found super helpful financially or in budgeting. Maybe it's being vulnerable about your struggles of how you got to uh, where you're at in your marriage or in your parenting. Maybe it's being there for people emotionally to have them know they're not alone. Maybe it's being there for a physical, urgent need for someone. Paying it forward for, with people in your own life, it doesn't really take a lot. It just is a mindset shift and intentionality. How can you make that mindset shift and start serving the people in your life? Outside of that, outside of you serving the people in your life, to get the effects of a changed community, I would encourage you to start serving organizationally. There's so many good organizations here in Fond du Lac or in this community that will help you see the effects of your care and serving. The Children's Museum. This place is amazing, right? Like, and they're part of child development here in Fond du Lac. Serve here. There's volunteers needed here. Boys and Girls Club, right? Like, kids find out they're loved no matter what their background is. That could be an amazing cause. Maybe it's Salvation Army. Less people are hungry. Maybe it's Solution Center. Less people on the streets. Maybe it's whatever it is. There's tons of organizations. You could serve here. You could serve here at church. Without me sounding like arrogant, I think here at Centerpoint would be an amazing place where you can serve and see the positive effects of it in your community. This church is full of people who are all trying to take their next step and helping others take their next step. The next step is different for whoever it is, whether it's just showing up and attending, maybe it's starting a relationship with God, maybe it's opening a Bible, maybe it's connecting with other Christians or living out your faith or evangelizing or leading a ministry. You maybe just started as an attender here and you, you started doing one of those things. Maybe today's your first time or a hundredth time. But eventually, as an attender, you become the church. You become the church. You take a seat on Sundays. And, and we need you to be someone who contributes to help others or more people here in Fond du Lac to take their next step while you continue on your own journey. We need you to be the church and encourage people to take their next step, whether that's just helping create a friendly environment by greeting people as they walk in or providing a place where people can drop their kids off so they can worship and learn uninterrupted. Maybe it's helping make a service happen through singing or media or sound. 
Maybe it's evangelizing, or maybe it's sometimes just doing the non-glorious job of packing up a bounce house, you know, or hauling stuff, whatever it is. There's tons of opportunities. But in order for us to continue to take more steps that I think God desires for all of us to take, we need volunteers. We need people. We've had people serve for this church for two years, and the results have shown that this community is growing. Kids now know that they have a relationship with God. We have about 70 kids every Sunday. That's amazing. They now know God loves them. Adults are, are growing. They're, they're saying that I've get, gotten tons of messages from people saying, like, I've never had God be a part of my marriage before. I've never had God be a part of how I parent or how I make decisions in life, and now I do. People uh, are choosing to make radical life changes because of their response to Christ. People are getting baptized, all, all kinds of things. All that's possible through the serving of others. The Fond du Lac community, I hope, has been changed because of this church, and we want you to be a part of what's to come in the future. How you can do that is, is here at church, anyone who serves is part of what we call the dream team, the, dream, the team that makes the dream of a church happen every Sunday. Uh, and we have about 100 people that are on that team, but we want you, we want more. There are a lot of different areas of where you can serve the church and this community. How it works is it's a once-a-month commitment. You serve in some area, whether it's, I, we have pictures, hosting, handing up bulletins. Maybe it's, it's Welcome Center or kids or maybe it's set up or tear down after the service or making coffee, doing sound or media, worship or singing, doing the slides. Maybe it's teens. Maybe it's, uh, there's just a ton of different ways you can serve this church. Just try something out. If you hate it, quit. Honestly, try something out. See if it's a fit for you. But after the service, we have our, our ministry fair happened in between the service, but there's tons of pie there. So if you serve in one of these ministries, grab, grab a piece of pie at that station. Also, if you don't serve in any ministry, just take some pie with you because we have way too much. But check out the tables. Sign up for a ministry. The ministry leader will contact you, and it's just a great way for you to start just seeing how you can help others take their next step. And to make it even better, the pie is delicious. I'm not going to lie. It really is tasty. They're in boxes, so take it with you on your way out. Uh, it's, it's great. Well, as I'm getting close to wrapping up here, I, and I'm guessing many of you do too, want to simply be obedient to God by putting others first. You want that. You desire that. Some of us are maybe naturals at that and do it without these little ones or knowing about these little ones, but some of us don't just do it. We don't. And it has to start maybe by some of the small wins that Jesus promises us on why we should put others first. And, and if that's what you need, that's where you got to start. That's where you got to start. You might be here and maybe you don't even call yourself a Christian, but you see some of the little wins that you can have and you're intrigued. You're intrigued. What I want to tell you is in all of this, this obedience of being a follower of Christ, uh, it's great, but none of it is necessary to be a follower of Christ. If you have never chosen to become a follower of God or a follower of Jesus, know that Jesus puts us first in doing things for us so that we can have this eternal life with him. We chose to do things our own way, wrong, against God. That's just kind of how we all lived in a sense. Uh, and that brought consequences. But the biblical story of Jesus is that he lived perfect as we should have and has taken the consequences on himself so that we can have a relationship with a perfect God still today and forever. Him taking those consequences is this free gift available to you no matter what you do or whether you serve or not. You simply just need to tell him you want to follow him, you want his direction for life, and then choose to do that. 
I want to give you an opportunity to do that if you've never done that before. But then I think some of us have maybe done that, and our next step is purely we want to try and be more obedient to serving Christ. We feel convicted to serve Christ. For you, what's your next step to serving others? Do you need to maybe remember the reward that God promises you? Do you maybe need to remember the positive feelings or the health benefits that that come from serving to get yourself to do it? Or do you maybe need to be a part of a community and observe the positive difference that you can make in it and the effect it has to others and the city? Either way, you can win, but it starts with you serving and caring for others. So just do it. I'm going to pray that we do help others. If you want that extra push to do more of that, you can pray with me now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, some of us here, we, we've never really said we want to be a follower of you. And God, uh, we know that it's this free gift that you offer to us. We've done wrong against you. We've done wrong against others. And God, we know that you've taken our consequences so that we can continue to have a relationship with you. God, uh, some of us are saying right now we want to follow you. We trust in who you are. And God, uh, we know that you see us as forgiven when we are with you. So God, just help us live our life. Help us take our next steps. And then God, some of us are saying right now, we just want to serve others. Help us find those little wins if we, if we haven't embraced serving. And then God, help us get to full obedience of just serving purely because we want to be honorable to you. But God, wherever we're at in that journey, help us take our next step of serving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.